Welcome, everyone, to the Kapow Radio Show. Today's date is January the 23rd, 2017. Kapow Radio Show, as you know, is sponsored by Fifth Hook Media. F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K Media. FifthHookMedia.com. That's where our books are sold. You can get them on Amazon, other online digital retailers. But at FifthHookMedia.com, you can find out about them. You can get a discount there. And there's also some other stuff. There's some swag, bags, t-shirts, and a little bit of music, stuff like that. So today we're going to talk about the fullness of God, the fullness of God in Christ. Well, Ms. Kapow, are you here? Oh, yes. So you're ready to rock. I'm ready to rock. Okay, rock so and roll. Rock and roll. And we are going to talk about the fullness of God in Christ. And here's the deal. You know, it, I know it sounds kind of corny because I grew up hearing this analogy a lot. And you probably did too. And it sounds corny, but it really is the best thing I can think of right now. You know, when you were a kid and you were being tested for your ability to put concepts together, you had this little uh, wooden box and it had like round holes, square hole, square hole, you know, square. I remember those things. Remember that? Yeah. And then it would have like a star shaped one, you know, a triangle thing. So you're a little kid and you're trying to place the right block into the empty space, mm-hmm. right? So you can't, that's that old saying, you can't put a square peg into a round hole. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with our lives and our heart. It really is. We humans that were originally created in the image and likeness of Yahweh Elohim, there is a desire there to get back to the garden. And when I mean that, I when I say that, I mean get back to that fellowship that we had with God so long ago, the garden. That's what that song's about. I'm waiting now for you that I wrote, mm-hmm. that I played a little bit for you last week and will eventually complete and play it all. But that's what that's about. It's getting back to that fellowship of God. Yep. You know, when we walked with him so long time in the garden. And what happened is when mankind went east of Eden to build their great cities in Babylon, to build their great star chamber to the skies, their tower to reach the heavens, ever since they've been trying to replace that emptiness in their souls, in their spirits with other things other than God. Right. Because human nature won't allow them to do that without first having faith in God and submitting unto Yahweh Elohim and his Mm -hmm. laws and statutes. That's why this past weekend we've had uh, women marches in D.C. and apparently in some other places in the mm-hmm, country. Mm-hmm. And I listened to Madonna Ugh. spew out this this horrible hate towards um, the president of the United States and anybody who's associated with him. 
She spewed out this horrible hate and then at the end said, but we choose to love and move love forward. I know. That was so annoying. It didn't make sense, did it? didn't. It? Mm-mm. And the thought that came to me when I heard her say this was she's trying to fill a void that they call love. And it's impossible for her or anybody, any of us to really love because we don't have that proper shape, that proper peg that goes into that empty space in our very souls. Yeah, because God is love. And how, how do we know to love unless we know God? Yes. And have his spirit living in us. And that's that shape that fills that void. Mm-hmm. So poor Madonna and all and everybody else who do, who does not have what Miss Capal just said, mm-hmm. the love of God, it's impossible to express true love. And that's why that scripture, and we'll talk about this later. You probably even have it written down, Miss Capal. Uh, that Christ demands that we hate mm-hmm. our fathers, mothers, children, those. You know, it's like, man, that's a hard saying. What are you talking about? It goes way beyond what our English language. Mm-hmm. I hate, God, I hate these people in order to love. It's it's a matter of what takes precedent in your life. Right. What is filling that void? Mm-hmm. That's what it is. In other words, if you're a little kid trying to put a star-shaped piece of wood into a square space on this little block, this wooden Mm -hmm. block. You've literally have to hate or reject Mm -hmm. that star shaped space or that star shaped wood Mm -hmm. in order to get the correct square Mm -hmm. shape into that space. Right. So you have to reject and hate all those other things that don't fit Mm-hmm. Because there's only one way to fit, right. one thing to fit. And that's what that means, mm-hmm. kind of in a real simplistic nutshell. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. I have, um, I want to share with you um, something about me. As, as most of you know, that the Lord has really worked um, with me about my um, the fear that I had growing up. I mean, you know, the Lord had um, disclosed the spirit of fear came into me through my mother's womb um, because of rejection and and whatnot. But all my life, um, I've been very, very fearful growing up. And I I learned uh, early on that in order to be accepted, I had to be a man pleaser. And that was basically my whole life. But because of uh, fear of rejection and stuff, there was a lot of things that I tried because I was it, I was lonely and I was very fearful and um, and I just uh, I didn't know really how to fit in, and so that pain that I had, I uh, overcompensated with um, other things, and it went into my um, adulthood. And when Paul and I were married, I figured, um, and my parents were divorced, you know, and, and divorce was an, um, an epidemic in my time. And um, that was one of the things that I feared. I did not want a divorce because to me that looked like a failure type of thing. 
But in my mind, in my reasoning, I thought to be a good wife, I had to be obedient and um, submissive and basically do what I thought other people expected of me so that I would be accepted and, you know, praised as a good girl type of thing. And that went in into our marriage. Well, I didn't think by doing that I would lose my identity, but I did. Um, there, I just lost who I really was. And, um, and again, even though I was married, I was, um, I was lonely, you know, cause I didn't feel like I could voice my opinion because I didn't want him to think I was opposite him or, um, you know, I didn't want to be ridiculed. So there was a lot of things I wouldn't share because of fear of being rejected. Um, and so a lot of things I did to fill that void, some of it was food, some of it was uh, going out with girlfriends, you know, to a movie or, or shopping. Um, the desire for a child was really strong to, um, to where when I couldn't get pregnant, I would collect these porcelain dolls. And so I f- filled my life with those things because I thought that that would give me um, contentment and make me happy. And, um, and then we had two Rottweilers. Well, the first one that we had, Anak, which means child in Indonesian, um, that became my baby. And that was the one that I would tell my secrets to. And, um, she was my sounding board. She was the one that gave me comfort and, and all that. So I say all that because in 2006, uh, you know, when Paul had the, the affair and I realized that he had the affair, my, my whole world came tumbling down because the very thing that I feared was happening. I was losing my husband. I was losing my family. And the very thing that I was dependent on came, was being taken from me. And I remember getting on my knees to the Lord and just praying and, um, asking him for help. And during this process of, uh, Paul and I, you know, trying to heal our marriage and, and, um, getting through this crisis, uh, the Lord stripped me from all the things that I was dependent on my security, basically my friends, my family. Um, I was alone and I was totally dependent on God. But the interesting thing was a miracle had taken place in my, um, in my soul, in my spirit that I didn't realize until afterwards. Um, Paul and I, um, um, it was like two months after um, Paul was rescued from this woman that um, he did another breach. He went out and he uh, recontacted her and all that. But I realized that I was stronger and in, and I told Paul, I gave him the ultimatum, but I did it in love and I had such peace and contentment and I knew that I knew that I knew that God was going to take care of me no matter what. And I was able to tell Paul, you have to make a decision. You have to make a choice. It's either with her or it's with me and God. And I told him, I said, I hope that you choose me and God and we can journey together. But if you don't, I 
want you to know that I don't want you to feel guilty because God will take care of me. And, um, but I said, but if you choose her, then you could never come back to me. But if you choose me, then you must cut all ties with this woman. So that's what happened. And it wasn't until, um, sometime later after that, that I realized that Paul was no longer the center of my existence. I didn't have to depend on him for my contentment or my peace or my existence, nor did I have to uh, depend on my friends or my family. The, the one person that was everything to me was God. And through that, and it, this didn't happen overnight, it was um, a journey you know, because um, even after um, Paul had repented and given his life to God, I began to see things uh, of God working in Paul's life. And that old fear of mine, that insecurity started building up again. And I thought that God had loved Paul more than me and that he just used me to get Paul back into the fold and that um, I was just being discarded. And that's how the enemy works. You know, he, they put, he puts imaginations in your head. And without uh, true knowledge of God and who, who he is, who the Lord Jesus Christ is, and who I am in Christ, the enemy is able to give us false um, imaginations, uh, give us lies where we think that God doesn't love us as much as he loves another person. And then we compare our relationship with God to others, and it can be very um, detrimental to your spiritual health. But through prayer and reading the Word and just walking with God moment by moment, day by day, I was able to know the truth that God loves me just as much as he loves Paul. He doesn't have favorites. And, um, but what's important is that you cultivate that relationship with the Lord and, um, and arm yourself with the word. I mean, really not just read it, but really try to understand what God is trying to say to you through his, through his word, because it's important that you know who he is and who you are in Christ. Because without that knowledge, you can easily follow another Jesus, another Cheez-Its, you know? And in the Word, you learn that being a Christ follower was something that was ordained before the foundation of the world. Our um, The Father's desire is that we become more like Christ because that's where that freedom is. You know, the Word of God says that life eternal is knowing God and the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the very essence of our, our existence. And contentment comes from the fullness of God. Another thought that I had um, about contentment, there is worldly contentment and then there is spiritual contentment. Um the worldly contentment is is based on our uh, possessions and um, you know what we get out of this world, the things that we're dependent on, a, a good job, family, friends, our position in, in society, those kind of things. Um, but the contentment of God 
is is spiritual and it's based on our relationship with the Lord. And then going back to um, me being a, a, a man pleaser, the scripture that came to mind was Proverbs 29, 25. That's the says, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoso puts his trust in the Lord shall be safe. So um, that's what we need to learn what to do is to walk completely with the Lord and have no other gods before him. And the scripture that Paul was talking about before was um, in, Luke, in Luke. And I'll um, say, I'll read that to us. It's uh, Luke 14, beginning with verse 26. And it says, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sits not down first and counts the cost, whether he has sufficient to finish it, lest happily after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it began to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king sits not down first and consults whether he be able to with 10,000 to meet him that comes against him with 20,000 or else while the the other is yet a great way off he sends an ambassage and desires conditions of peace so likewise whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath he cannot be my disciple so in other words anything that we try to um put in our life that we think is um going to give us contentment anything else is is adultery and because that's the place where god wants he wants us to be fully committed to him and not depend on anything or anyone else it has to be completely with god um and that's um basically what i learned in and the things that I've been really, really studying um, with the Lord is, you know how Jesus, when he was here in the flesh, his his whole desire, his whole um, passion was to do the will of the Father. And he never did anything without um, his... his um, with, with the, the will of the Father, he never did anything outside the will of the Father. It was, it was really important to him for him to be pleasing unto God the Father. And I think, as as children of God, we have to be, we have to be careful that everything that we do and say and who we become, because we're ambassadors for Christ, is to find out what the will of God is, and to perform that and when we pursue Christ in such a way like the apostle Paul said, you know, to, to, to follow Christ as like running a race, like you're the only, like there's this race and there's only one winner. And so you want to pursue Christ in such a way that nothing else matters, but Christ alone. And then, you know, you, you really wouldn't violate that, um, um, parable in, uh, in Revelation, where it said, where Jesus says, you know, you lost your first love. God has to be 
first in everything and you should be able to um give up anything that god tells you to give up i think he's he's more important um in your spiritual life is more important than anything that uh, this world has to offer and from my my own experience i know that um nothing really ever satisfies and people have a tendency to uh disappoint you but god satisfies and he never disappoints so we have to learn to put our entire trust in him and on him and he is our fortress and he is our refuge at all times amen you know i just want to remind the the listeners too that in the beginning Ms. Kapow was telling the story of 2006 and my uh, affair and how that affected her and then um, you know, giving me that ultimatum that uh, you you know you can do whatever you need to do. You're free to go and do whatever you do, but I'm going to serve God. I'm going to follow God. And I've told the story before, but that that message to me was so significant. It was such a significant life event for me that she would choose Yahweh Elohim over me that that was truly a witness to me. It truly was a witness to me. And that was a big game changer for me. And um, that was brought on by the Lord. Now, I don't want to do a shameful plug, you know, for our book, but that is in our book, Demons in My Marriage Bed. If you haven't read that, um, I would suggest you would get that. All that's in there, plus we have the the training that God took us through to combat spiritual warfare. It's not a book about demons. It's not a book about that. Mm-mm. It's about our story, our testimony. The second half of the book is all about the training he took us through and what we learned to combat you know, with spiritual warfare and find the fullness of God through Christ. That's what it's about. And that's that story she's talking about is in there. And when she's talking about contentment, the other thing I want to mention is, yeah, there's, there's worldly contentment that you can never, you can never get satisfied. It was like this story I was telling you about Madonna or Ashley Judd and all these people, all these um, feminazis trying to fill a void, you know, and then, then using the term love, you know, love trumps hate. Whereas they're nothing but hate. They can't feel that. It's impossible because it's human nature. They can't. You can only Christ can change a person internally. And that you have to do through the submission through Jesus Christ. And so we're talking about commitment or contentment <laughs> in commitment. I also want to mention the contentment with seeking spiritual expression or experiences also. Because that's a big thing. It always has been, but it's yeah. a big thing today. Mm-hmm. And you can you can surf YouTube, and you can find all of these people seeking spiritual experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of prophets out there. I'm a prophet this, I'm a prophet that. God has given me the special gift, the special knowledge, the gnosis that you don't have, but you're lucky because you can listen to me and I can impart it to you. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that going on. And they're not content with the fullness of God mm-hmm. in himself. They need more. And they're looking for spiritual expression and spiritual experiences outside of the fullness of God. Mm-hmm. They really are. And that's why there's, it's, 
there's nothing wrong with digging deeper into the scriptures and, and, and looking at, um, you know, Genesis six and the fallen angels mating with, you know, daughters. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but when you make that your priority mm-hmm. and you're no longer content with the fullness of God in your life, that becomes an idol right? and you start taking away from the gospel of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing in other times, you know, people are just not content with the words of God. I know what the Bible says. The Bible says, Mm, there should not be any sexual impure promiscuity among you. Mm-hmm. I know what it says, but I don't want to hear that. I want to party. Mm-hmm. I want to do my thing. I want to be a lesbian. I want to be a homo. They're not content with knowing the words of God or knowing the fact that they don't have all knowledge. Right? Prophecy. Prophecy people. I mean, prophecy conferences, prophecy books. Mm-hmm. are huge sellers. Yeah, they are. Every year. Mm-hmm. They're huge sellers, especially around um, springtime when we have the Passover. Huge. It's because people want knowledge. They're, they're not content with not knowing. Mm-hmm. They're not content with saying God is sovereign. His ways are not our ways. Mm-hmm. And so they try to figure out the red moons with Nibiru and the cycle of the moon and the Passover. And if we count seven numbers from Jesus's last name to his first name, we come up with three. Mm-hmm. It's all this seeking knowledge. And in, in the old days, it was called Gnosis. Mm-hmm. That's what Gnosticism is. And some out there even preach Gnosticism because right. they reach the, they, they read the Gnostic gospels and the Gnostic writings and then reinterpret it to you without mm-hmm. telling you that, mm-hmm. like it's some kind of new knowledge. Right. It all comes from the serpent. And what we need is contentment without idol worship. Right. Just like Ms. Kapow was talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need contentment without idol worship because anything that you try to plug into that void, mm-hmm. that square, you're trying to plug in the star shape. Right. That becomes idolatry. Mm-hmm. That becomes idolatry. It may be innocent in itself. Okay. Mm-hmm. It may not be harmful in itself or generally not harmful. Like I said, it's not harmful if you want to go seek out Genesis 6, 4 stuff and you want to know more about this, or, as long as you keep those things in perspective. But when it becomes your soul doctrine, mm-hmm. I just use that as an example. There's millions of doctrines out when it becomes your soul goal and your soul doctrine, that's all you talk about. It becomes an idol. Right. Uh, the other thing, let me, let me talk about ghosts and paranormal. Mm-hmm. Same thing. When we first started this show, we talked a lot about demonology. We talked a lot about the spiritual and paranormal things. It's easy to get sucked into that. And that's all you deal with. Mm-hmm. And you lose sight of the gospel of Christ yeah, and the true. fullness of God. And I will tell you, we um, we were very fortunate in the very beginning that we teamed up with Patrick Meekin, who wrote, mm-hmm. in my opinion, the best book on hauntings. Yes. The amen. best book written on hauntings. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Meekin, in both his books, the sequel and his first book, A Nightmare on... Um, Holmes? Uh, oh, that was the uh, Nightmare on Holmes County. His first mm-hmm. one was um, uh, 225th Street. Yeah. <laughs> I should know that. And... um. Patrick Patrick wrote about his hauntings. He lived in two consecutive haunting house, houses. Incredible stories about demonic hauntings and why. But Patrick, in his books, always, always went back to the gospel of Christ mm-hmm. and, and 
in like our book, and we didn't know Patrick at the time, our book had whole sections on how to do spiritual warfare against these things. Mm-hmm. Whole sections on it. Yep. And the paranormal people, the paranormal groups, non-Christian groups and Christian groups, paranormal, liked Patrick. Mm-hmm. They really liked his stuff and they liked his book, but they would contend with him because of the gospel message in it. Right. In fact, I know of at least two opportunities he's had for movie deals. Right. Two opportunities he's had, but these people wanted full control of the script. Yeah, so you know what they would do is take out Christ. Exactly. That was the one thing that was offensive. And Patrick stuck to his guns and said mm-hmm. no. And because of that, he didn't do the movie deals. Yeah. So here's, I, I use him as an example of a guy who was able to talk about the paranormal without losing sight of his contentment of the fullness of God. Amen. He always had the fullness yeah. of God. Always. always. The other guy was uh, Mark Huneman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote uh, Ghosts Through God's Eyes, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, he uh, he talked about a lot of paranormal stuff. And he also talked about how he got addicted to watching this stuff, too. and um, But kept the fullness of God in mm-hmm. his message. So it can be done. So I'm not saying you can't branch out and learn things, but you have to be content in the fullness of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, you can't lose focus. Exactly. Your relationship with God is... Utmost. Utmost. The other thing people do is they seek their purpose, their gift, their ministry, or their work Mm -hmm. in the church or, you know, anything like that. Instead of being content with the fullness of God in Christ. Mm -hmm. So they're always looking for, you know, someday I'm going to. You know, God's going to show me what my gift is. I just don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And Mm -hmm. yet they've been a Christian for 30 years Mm -hmm. and they still don't know what God would have them to do. And yet it's right there in the word of God. God would have you be submissive to him and Mm -hmm. read his word and learn everything you can about him. That's what God would have you to do. Mm -hmm. Have your mind renewed and um, become more like Christ. How can you preach the gospel if you don't know what the gospel is? Mm-hmm. How can you ex- exude the love of God if you don't know what the love of God is? Mm-hmm. You know, Ephesians 3.11 says, um, According to the eternal purpose which he proposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore, I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. And this is the Apostle Paul talking. For this cause... I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye might... Oops, my computer just went out. Hold on. It's the devil. It's the devil. Or that or it's... Uh, Sorry. Yeah. That he... And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Mm-hmm. The fullness of God. Yeah, it's, see, that you know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, and that you may be filled with the fullness of God. So you know, you, you know the gospel message. You know the love of Christ. You know what he's done for you. You know who he is and what he's done for you. And that is your fullness. 
not seeking after your special gifting or your prophetic gift or your, your, your ministry. What am I going to do? Or your work. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so much. I grew up with this, too. So much was um, you should be in church every day. Every dime that door is open, you should be in your building. Mm-hmm. If you're not there on Wednesdays, man, you're just, you're just not as good as Christians as those who are. I mean, I grew up with this right. kind of lingo and guilt put on you. The other thing was witnessing. You should be witnessing all the time. When I, when mm-hmm. I, uh, when I really, my first time, I mean, I really got saved when I was age uh, 15, 16, I should say, 15, 16, really got saved. Um, man, I used to bring my Bible to high school and I joined the Bible club there and high school and everything like that. And um, I really, the whole thing was you have to witness all the time. You have to witness all the time. Mm-hmm. So to me, you know, being a witness was carrying around your Bible all the time. I probably mm-hmm. did just look like a weirdo. Um, but you know, I didn't quite, I was brand new. I was just a kid. Number one, right. I was brand new and didn't have the instruction, but it wasn't so important that I walk around with my Bible all the time as it was that I was, that I lived that for Christ. Right. And so then when I would meet other kids or something in high school that I exude the character of God through Christ to them and, and make what's different about, you know, Paul. But, um, no, I thought it was, you know, just walking around trying to look like Jesus and carrying the Bible. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you just, you, you're raised with that. You got to witness all the time. Got to just how many, how many people have you witnessed to this week? How many people? And it's always, you know, invite them to church, right. you know, invite them to church. You know, that's how you witness to them. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but you have to, you, in fact, that's correct, but you need to be content in the fullness of who God is, mm-hmm. not trying to quote unquote witness Mm-hmm. your religion to people all the time. But if you're in the fullness of God, you are the witness. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know, and in that Ephesians um, chapter also, if you go further down, it says that God gave us the gifts, you know, of um, um, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And the goal here is in verse 13, where it says, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I should have used that scripture last week on my show about the unity, mm-hmm. achieving a spiritual audio, because that, that scripture says exactly what that whole message, it sums what my whole message, I talked an hour, that says everything that I wanted to say right Amen. there. Mm-hmm. Achieving the unity in Christ about the different members of the body, Mm-hmm. I talked last week about being mixed, God being the, you know, the ultimate, you know, sound engineer and mixing us on the spiritual board, you know, and that's, it's starting at unity. Mm-hmm. And so to get to the fullness of God, wreck that is the unity, right. understanding who the fullness of God is. It's basic doctrine. Mm-hmm. We need to hold fast, especially what's well, always been true. But folks, come on, let's be realistic on the days we live mm-hmm. with the availability, the easy availability of information at our fingertips at all times. Boy, it's more important to hold fast mm-hmm. to the doctrines you've received. I mean, it is so easy to go sideways and get deceived. Mm-hmm. And I speak from experience. Oh man, I look back at go, well, God saved me from that one. God saved me. I right. mean, it it's easy. I'm gonna tell a story real quick. You know what? I'm gonna take a commercial break. Oh, okay. Um 
and it's about demons in a marriage bed. I'll tell you where to get it, but we'll be right back after okay. that. I just finished reading Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare written by Paul and Linda Villanueva, and I highly recommend it to all Kingdom Against Powers of Wickedness radio listeners. This book is about saving your marriage from destruction. It is a true and vivid account about adultery, witchcraft, curses, spells, and evil spirits, all attempting to dismantle and annihilate lives. This is an excellent training manual for building a stronger marriage by exposing the tactics your enemies use against you. Ultimately, the book glorifies the transformational power of God through submission to the Lord Jesus Christ, and that is a good thing. Demons in My Marriage Bed from all online digital retailers, such as Amazon.com and Apple iBooks, FifthHookMedia.com. That is F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K-Media.com. Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, changed the way my spouse and I conduct spiritual battle and has increased our alertness level to the tactics of Satan. Please do not be fooled that such things cannot happen to you. Rather, get prepared and become the spiritual warrior needed to overcome in these perilous times in which we all live. God bless you all. Okay, let me tell you a story that uh, recently just happened to me. And that's what I'm talking about. You know, it's easy to go sideways. I mean, I've, uh, I've, told, I've told you guys a story about my UFO experiences and, you know, how <laughs> I'd go out there and just film everything and, of course, the more I filmed them, the more I'd see them and the more they pop up. And, you know, uh, until I got convicted, you know, by the spirit saying, you mm-hmm. keep doing that. You know, oh, I got convicted by the spirit. And I also had a abduction. Ooh, yeah. That quote unquote be- dream vision thing where I was abducted. Mm-hmm. And it was the most horrifying experience. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, you know, it was a dream. But I dreamed that I was being sucked out of the... Um, the bedroom window mm-hmm. to uh, and I was hanging on to the bed and to the floor and I was clawing trying not to go and it was absolutely horrible that kind of changed my whole seeking the uh, the alien UFO stuff right um, it's absolutely demonic mm-hmm. absolutely demonic to to uh, to seek the, and you will invite them in just like any other occult practice right this all this hidden knowledge uh, nonsense so I am speaking from personal experience. I am not above that at all. And I mm-hmm. I am susceptible to that stuff. And so I really, I have to watch it and I have to listen to the Lord. So true story, right before, true story. This is recent too. So the the high and mighty, holy brother Kapow <laughs> is about to confess to you his weakness. Uh, oh, okay, how dare I? How am I going to get all those tithes and offerings? You know <laughs> that I'm human. <laughs> Feet of clay, feet of clay. Feet of clay. Okay, yeah, here's my yeah, here's my feet of clay, folks. Just recently, uh, we Linda and I were we're kind of nuts. We do a lot of YouTube surfing, and we, we enjoy you know listening and watching to a lot of people. Some are totally nuts, some are mm-hmm. not so nuts, and uh, kind of just seeing what's going on there. And uh, so we don't watch a lot. Well, we don't watch any regular stuff Mm-mm. much at all because. I get bored with it real easy. Mm-hmm. So I want something that's going to stimulate me some way or another. And uh, so right before the, the beginning of the year, there was a lot of, um, oh, you know, just like usual, but there was a lot of talk about, you know, oh, it was this elect, electric mag. Um, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. The magnetic wave mm-hmm. uh, coming. Uh, there was a couple of guys 
And at first I thought they were, and I do think they were smart. They're smart men. Yeah. They're very smart. And they really come off they're with- They're like a, astronomers. Astronomers. And they come off with a real scientific bent to them. Um, they're not just like, you know, a pimply faced kid in his basement talking smack. I mean, these guys have all the software and they're following all this stuff. And what they had done is they, they found some, I think it turned out to be a glitch, but they found some weird thing that showed this incredible electromagnetic wave Mm -hmm. on the earth. And basically the way the reading would happen, and they even had a physicist friend, you know, talk to him. If this stuff was true, we were all in for a big, who knows, something was going to happen. And it was supposed to happen right in the, like the, what, the first week of the beginning of the year or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it was like warning, warning and all this stuff. And so I kind of got caught up in that, you know. And uh, not to the point where I absolutely believed it 100% true, but yeah, it could be. So I got kind of caught up on that and I would watch a lot of it and, um, you know, see what was happening. And they weren't really saying it was the end of the world. They didn't know what was going to happen, but it was going to be, you know, a nasty thing. And, um, and so and then that leads you to another site or another, you know, channel. And this guy's analyzing earthquakes. Mm-hmm. In fact, I just, uh, just last week or week and a half ago, you know, he was showing all these earthquakes and how they're, you know, real stuff. And he was basically given a warning and he was saying, if you live in this area, the coast of California, right. down to the coast of Mexico or the Ring of Fire or uh, Italy, mm. you know, here's volcanoes and earthquakes all at the same time. And I forget how many were going. There was what, 26 all volcanoes on yeah, the planet 26. going yes. in eruption at the same time. So he's basically saying... It's not the end of the world, but this is something to, you know, to look for. So, you know, I get caught up in that and like, yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of it is because I really do want the return of the Lord. You know, I I really do want the return of the Lord and this um, crazy serpentine system to end. And uh, well, sure enough, you know, the, the, the dates that came came and went, but there was one big major earthquake stuff and that was in Rome. So, Mm -hmm. you know, one out of what, 26 (laughs) predictions. Okay. You know, um, what I'm just trying to say, it's just easy to get caught up in this. So here's where I'm going with the story folks. I'm sorry, but here's where I'm going. So I kind of got frustrated towards the beginning of the year, (laughs) looking at, you know, you know, looking at the ring around the moon and, you know, taking a picture of two sons, a dog star. And, you know, here's Nibiru. It's going to get you, you know, and, and, uh, you know, there's weird, oh, there's structures on Mars and aliens are building a Burger King on Venus, (laughs) you know, and all this stuff. And I, it's, it's like, I had a talk with God. I said, okay, I go, Lord, I go, I am tired of these, uh, worthless signs. These mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, they're just kind of worthless. They don't come up to fruition. It's the same thing with Jonathan Kahn and all those guys in 2015. You know, it's the Shemitah and it's the four blood moons and yeah, yeah. You know, all this <laughs> misinterpretation of the scripture, and it's the same kind of nonsense. And I was like, Lord, I'm tired of looking at all this stuff and looking at the skies and getting this this nonsense. And I still see 11 11s everywhere. So it's Miss Kapow. Every time I look at the stupid clock, it's 11 11 or I get woke up in the middle of the night, it's 11 11. And I think that's what prompted it. I woke up and I looked at 11 11. Then I looked, you know, then then woke up another time and it's 333, you know, occultic numbers and I said I am tired of 11 11s. I'm tired of all this nonsense. I don't know what it means. I've been looking at them for years. I've been seeing this stuff for years. I don't know what it is. 
<laughs> you know, and I'm to the point where I don't care anymore. Quit showing me this stuff unless it means something. Mm. And I mean, that's, that's the talk I had. And I said, if you're going to show me a sign, God, if you're going to show me a sign, mm-hmm. I don't know why you would show me a sign and not all everybody else, but you show me a special <laughs> sign, you know, that we're at the very end, at very hour. You know, you're going to show me this so I can be spiritual. You know, and I really did. I, this is what I said to him. I said, I don't want to see 1111s anymore. I don't want to see rings around the moon. I don't want to see dog stars. I don't want to see a little blinky light in the sky. I want an angel of the Lord. <laughs> That's what I said. Mm-hmm. I want an angel to come up to me and then I know it's an angel and say, Paul, thus saith the Lord in three days, uh, thou shalt pack thy bags because you're going out of Babylon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how immature I am, folks. This is an immature seeking of of special knowledge and a special gift or seeking of special, you know what I mean? I'm sincere in it, but it's sincerely wrong. It really is. And, um, but I was, I was serious. So that's the talk I, I had. I, I'm not going to pay attention to all this little stuff. I want an angel of the Lord to tell me this is that. Right. And then I might share it with you guys like about radio. <laughs> I might not just depends. You know, right. So, um, right after I'd said that, uh, I get up in the middle of the night, uh, like the next night or something like that, to go use the the restroom. The loo. I went to go use the loo, and um, the loo. There's a closet <laughs> behind the, the loo. Mm-hmm. We have a walk a walk-in closet behind the loo. The doors open and it's dark in there. <laughs> it's dark. You can't see. So it's four in the morning. You can't see in there. And I stumble into the loo, and I'm doing my business. And I'm thinking about an angel just suddenly appearing behind me and going, hey, and what would happen to my heart? (laughs) Right? So I say to God, I say, "Uh, uh, yeah, I want an angel to appear to me to tell me blah, 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 but not right now. (laughs) That's, that's That's my plan, okay? But not right now because... I'd literally it's have scary. a heart attack. Yeah, I'd have a heart attack and I would be pretty wet, right? Um, and it was at that point I kind of realized just how immature and silly that request was, you know? So I, I tell you that big, long, drawn-out story to make my point that contentment with the fullness of God is just that, that at that point I realized I just need to be content with what the word of God says, whether I understand it all or not. That's right. I don't understand the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. I don't. A lot of people think they do, and they'll write a book on it, and they think they have the, all the answers. My opinion, no one knows what it means. Mm-hmm. No one has it right. Mm-mm. The closest thing I get is when people say, as we get closer and closer to the end times, more and more of this stuff seem, you know, is more revealed and it makes more sense. To me, that's about the, about as close as I can get, you know. And um, it's just you got to be satisfied. God said it. God, what what's the ultimate thing? God says that the age will be consummated. Mm-hmm. At some point, the age is consummated. Yeah, yeah. God said that He was going to separate the tares from the wheat, mm-hmm. not the wheat first. Mm-hmm. The tares from the wheat, and and. Christ said it's the angels represent the re, the reapers are the angels at the end of the age. Mm-hmm. These are things I know from the scripture and I have to be content with that. 
whether that happens on four blood red moons, whether it happens on Passover or it happens on Martin Luther King Day mm-hmm. is of little relevance. Right? Right. The other thing I do know is that it's appointed to man once to die, and after that's judgment. Mm-hmm. I do know that. That's what the word says. Can I be content with that without looking at blinky lights, without looking at rings around the moon, without expecting an angel of the Lord to appear behind me while I'm in the loo at 4 o'clock in the morning? Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I'm guilty of, of seeking these things also, and it's, it's not spiritually mature mm-hmm. to do that. You have to have balance, and you have to have contentment, and the fullness of God through Christ. Amen. Boy, I rambled on a lot. <laughs> I just told a big old story. Maybe it mm, makes sense. I think so. I think so. Anything to add, Ms. Capel? Well, um, the other thing about um, the fullness of God and contentment is um, the chastising of the Lord, the discipline of the Lord. You know, like when we were going to the, through the 2006 uh, thing, um, and my family and friends were taken from me, mm-hmm. you know, where I had to learn total dependency upon the Lord. But remember his, his chastising is because he, it, the, the profit for us, the, the, what we're gaining from his chastisement, his discipline is that we might be partakers of his holiness. See, yeah. everything with God is for eternal spiritual existence mm-hmm. for, you know, and it's so, good. yeah. And, um, I think we have to keep that in mind as well, but remember that God is faithful and he will never leave us nor forsake us. And his word is true. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. And that, that you can put your total trust in. And we remember the, the Genesis 50 principle, you know, what, Satan or the world or evil or, you know, your next door neighbor meant for you as evil. Mm -hmm. God meant it for good, turns it into good. Mm -hmm. It's good and evil all harkens back to the tree in the garden of good and evil. Mm -hmm. Accepting or rejecting God's good, his uh, tope Mm -hmm. in Hebrew. Yeah, and you know, you, we have to remember too that without the Holy Spirit, there, it, there, we can't even reach out to God. Remember, it's it's God's will that we became saved, that we mm. that we um, were able to repent or know Jesus, or to even see our depravity and our need for a Savior. It was through the um, revelation, the revealing of the Holy Ghost about Jesus, yeah. and. We have the Holy Ghost living on us because there is no way without him that we could even walk in truth or understand the scriptures because the scriptures are revealed by the Holy Ghost. So there is nothing that we can do without God anyway, Mm-mm. as far as our our salvation is concerned. Um, I love to read the Psalms and the Proverbs because to me, they're, it's Jesus. It's um it's his his way he's thinking that what has gone what he has gone through um you know and they, and they talk about you know the, the pastors and stuff like that i've i've read stuff about you know psalm 18 psalm 22 yeah. and stuff but if you read psalms um 1 through 150 and proverbs 1 through 31 it's all about the character of god hmm. you know yeah. and um so anyways i found one psalm 17 
15. And this one really blessed me in um, where I'm at today with God. And it says, As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness, and I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. Mm. I love that. Wow. I mean, really, yes. I want you guys to, to take out your Bibles, Psalm seventeen fifteen, and wow. and and really ponder that. Yeah. This wow. week, I love that last part. I will when I awake. Yes, you like this. I will be satisfied when I awake wow. with Thy likeness. Mm. That is the purpose, the eternal purpose of yeah. God for us to be like Christ, to be in His image, the image of God, the very thing that says in Genesis. Yeah. Get back to the garden. You see how it just goes back. Yeah, it's. Ah, it's We've just, been preaching that for a couple of months now. Isn't, you know, but that is just that. amazing to me. But I love that that scripture when I read that one. It Psalm just, what? Give the the um, Psalm seventeen verse. I mean Psalm seventeen verse fifteen. Seven Psalm seventeen fifteen. Yeah. 17, As for me, 15. I will behold thy face in righteousness. We will be like him. We will know him. Yeah. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. And everything that's in the Psalms and the Proverbs, you can find a reference to it in the in the New Testament. Yeah. yeah. Someday Absolutely. I'll have to share that with the listeners because I yeah. there's stuff in there that is like amazing. That'd be a good show. Break that down. That's wonderful. Praise the Lord. And I think you can sum it all with all we know is Jesus Christ. And him crucified. Exactly. Don't know a whole lot of other stuff. Mm -mm. It's the cross and it's the submission to Christ as your Lord and Savior. Just be content with that. Amen. Good night. Good night. Ciao, babies.
Ай, ты 